We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Hey, Daniel, you have a pretty wild family, right? <laughs> uh, well, we don't go to raves or anything, if that's what you mean. I mean, you guys like the you, you guys like the wilderness, right? You go camping a lot. That's true. We are big fans of camping. Uh, we do car camping. We do backpacking. We even rented an RV and driven around Iceland. So yeah, we like to get out there in the wild. Us too. We also like to go camping, and I think mostly good because we just like being out in nature. You know, I like the campfire, and really, I like being under the stars. I love how you can see so many more stars at night when you're camping. Hi, I'm Jorge. I'm a cartoonist and the creator of PhD Comics. Hi, I'm Daniel. I'm a particle physicist and an avid amateur camper. And also a physicist, right? You, you sort of a, you're an avid physicist as well. I am an avid physicist. During the day, I smash particles together at nearly the speed of light underground in Geneva to try to figure out what is the universe made out of. What is the smallest particle? How how do forces actually work? Can we make new kinds of matter in the laboratory? All sorts of fun stuff. I like ripping things apart and understanding them from the ground up. And just to be clear, you are not right now in a basement in Geneva, right? I can neither confirm nor deny that actually. <laughs> I see. You may or may not be in your Swiss bunker. That's right. Well, hey, quantum mechanically, I may or may not be anywhere, right? I could be sitting in your living room right next to you 
right now. You may or may not be. <laughs> That's right. I may or may not be by the end of this podcast. Who knows, right? Life life is uncertain. This crazy universe. <laughs> Sorry, this crazy, beautiful universe that we live in where we can't really understand anything. But this is our podcast in which we try to help you understand everything. And in particular, we try to take topics and tear them apart so that you can understand them. That's right. Welcome to Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe, a production of iHeartRadio. That's right. And every week on this program, we take a topic that we think people are interested in, something where everybody wants to know the answer, but maybe it seems a little bit out of reach technically, or it seems a little bit hard to dig into, and your Google searching is not quite sufficient. And we try to break it down for you and uh, get you to somewhere where you can understand it and maybe laugh along the way. That's right. And today on the podcast, we are going to tackle another subject in our Extreme Universe series. Extreme Universe! Extreme Universe! <laughs> universe! Exactly. I'm cueing some uh, heavy metal guitar riffs in the background there. Because <laughs> heavy metal is so in right now. Right? <laughs> oh, are we are we dating ourselves? It was a little bit too much Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted are coming back. Have you not heard? It's like Bill and Ted uh, escaped the senior uh, senior citizen home or something. I think Keanu Reeves can pull it off. Maybe we should have an episode on why Keanu Reeves does not seem to age. He's sort of like plateaued around 45. I know. He's like 50-something, and he's a, he's a good-looking guy. Him and Paul Rudd, I think, just sort of hit some plateau. Maybe it's like Hollywood cryogenic freezing or something. Or maybe they've been replaced by robots. Anybody figure that out? Maybe they're time travelers. We should have them as guests on the show. Hey, Keanu, if you happen to be listening to this episode, come on the show, explain it all to us. And if you're Paul Rudd, um, you're also invited. You can explain Keanu Reeves to us. <laughs> you guys all know each other, right? I'm sure they're hanging out together listening to our podcast. Well, um, so this is a part of our series of extremes of the universe. So we've had episodes about the biggest thing in the universe, the emptiest place in the universe. Well, on today's uh, episode, we'll be talking about... What is the brightest thing in the universe? Like the shiniest, right? Like the the one that would totally most blind you if you stared at it uh, without any sunglasses. That's right. The sparkliest thing in the universe. The most glitter-covered thing in the universe. Now, I love our Extreme Universe series because I like that it reminds me, and I hope everybody out there listening, that where we live in the universe is unusual. It's It's not the most anything, you know, and that there's whatever you're thinking about, whether it's temperature or brightness or size, there's always something out there to dwarf everything you thought you knew. And that's sort of the larger lesson of astronomy, you know, is that the universe is vast and crazy and there's always something out there to surprise you. And so I love this Extreme Universe series because it shows us how small we are or how dark we are or how cold we are or how slow we are in the context of the whole universe. Yeah, it's fun to think that... Um we're kind of in the middle, right? We're not, you know, there are, there are extremes in both uh, directions where we stand, right? Like we're not the hottest or the coldest, the brightest or the darkest, you know? Are you saying we're just right, like Goldilocks and her porridge? We are We are all Goldilocks. That's true. I mean, I wouldn't want to live in a brighter place or a darker place or a hotter place or a colder place. That's why you're in California, right? 
That's right. That's why I'm in Southern California, where it's nice weather every single day. Um, but it's cool to learn about it. You know, I like learning, like, where is the tallest mountain in the solar system? Or where is the hottest spot on Earth? These sort of things. It's it's just fun to know what what's the scale, you know? Oh, man, I want to listen to those podcasts. Yeah, and I, th- I also want to remind people that tonight, today we're going to be talking about what is the brightest thing in the universe. And specifically, we're talking about things that emit light. But there are other ways to see the universe, right? We see a little bit of the universe a tiny fraction of it that gives off light that is, makes itself visible to us. But there's a huge amount of stuff going on in the universe that's invisible to us. So the brightest things in the universe are not even the necessarily the most active things in the universe. They're just the things that emit the most light. The most photons, right? Because you could have something that's more powerful or more energetic that's uh, emitting other kinds of stuff. Yeah, but of course, light is is is, uh, is important to us. You know, we're a visual species. We look at each other. We draw. You know, it's an important part of how we live. And so, of course, it's sort of the beginning of how we explore space. We just turn our eyes skyward and look, and then we develop techniques to look deeper and deeper into space. But the cool thing is that recently, astronomy has developed sort of other kinds of eyes, like other ways to look at the universe that are not with light but with like particles or with gravitational waves. And sort of, it's sort of cool to think about humanity opening different new kinds of eyes and seeing different pictures of the universe because every different way you have to look at the universe gives you a different picture because different things emit different kinds of radiation. And so uh, it's, it's just, it's amazing to think about all the things we will learn once we've developed more and more ways to look at the universe. So anyway, so today we're tackling the brightest thing in the universe. So the thing that gives the most photons... Per, um, per, I don't know, per what? Per, per area? Per, per looking at it? Per, per second? We'll talk about some things that give off sustained flows of photons and other things that are very brief. They give off just of photons very briefly, but are very, very, very bright. But uh, I think we'll be talking about things that give off the most photons sort of at a certain distance. You know, that's a good way to measure brightness. But uh, as a hint and, and as a little bit of a spoiler, we'll say that it is not the sun. If you were thinking that maybe the brightest thing was the sun, um, you're a bit far off. And as usual, I was curious, what do people think is the brightest thing in the universe? What do people have in their minds? And so I went around campus at UC Irvine and I asked folks, what do you think is the brightest thing in the universe? Were you hoping some of your students would say, you, Professor Daniel, you are the brightest thing? (laughs) Just like with what is the hottest thing in the universe, I wasn't explicitly digging for compliments, but I guess I was secretly hoping maybe somebody would give me one. You had sort of a response prepared, didn't you? What? Me? (laughs) That's right. Well, those of you listening, take a second to think about it. If someone asks you on the street, what is the brightest thing in the universe, what do you think you would answer? Here's what people had to say. To my eyes, the brightest thing I have ever seen is the sun. The sun? The sun? A neutron star? Stars, because that's probably what I'm most familiar with. I don't know, maybe like a supernova? I'm surprised how many people said the sun. Well, I think all these people would have benefited from your hint that it's not the sun, because as you heard, they mostly went for the sun. Maybe it's the brightest thing in their universe, technically, right? Yeah, well, you know, it's the brightest thing you observe, mostly. I mean, that's not even actually true, but it's the brightest thing sort of out there in the sky. Yeah, I mean, sort of technically, right? I mean, uh, it's like their observable universe. We all have our little observable universe. What do you mean? Do you think people have their own universes? Like my universe, your universes? No, I guess what I mean is like they're not observable. Like if you have your physicist with a billion dollar telescope, but you know, just from what they can see with their eyes. So this is the thing about brightness, right? Is that remember that brightness falls with distance. 
you know, some object is giving off light and that means it's shooting off photons, right? But as the distance grows from that object, you have the same number of photons, but they're spread out over a larger area, right? And think about a sphere that surrounds the sun or whatever else is giving off light. The size of this, that sphere, the surface of that sphere grows with the radius squared because the formula for the surface of a sphere goes like radius squared. And so the same number of photons cover that sphere. So as you get further and further away, the parent brightness falls, right? And it falls like one over distance squared for that same reason, because the same number of photons are getting spread over that distance. So the point is, something can be super duper bright, but if it's far away, it won't feel as bright to you. So yeah, you can have a laser pointer that's cl- that feels brighter than the sun. Right, and it would probably uh, hurt. <laughs> so just to work clear, we're not advocating that you shoot any light into your eyes. But why do you think a lot of people said the sun? Do you think they actually think that's the brightest thing in the entire universe or the brightest thing? You know, do you think maybe they were just not expanding their um, horizons in your answer? I think there's a lot of that. I, I noticed that trend that when I ask people about something, they tend to think about in the solar system and not to think more broadly. And sometimes I'll goad them like, no, 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 think bigger, the whole universe. But, and I did that a couple of times here, but people were still like, no, the sun, maybe it's a bit of local pride. They're like, yeah, our sun is awesome, man. It's so good. It's like the way people want to believe that their local sports team is the best, you know? We got the best sun. <laughs> That's right. Our hometown sun is the best sun. I think we all sort of do that. Like if I ask you, hey, Daniel, how's it going? You don't think, well, right now in Alpha Centauri, there's a, right, you sort of, you assume that I'm asking you about you and your day. Yeah, I mean, everybody has a sort of a, a locus, uh, like a neighborhood they think about. Um, but also I think people are just not sure, you know, what else is out there and how, how different is it. I was I was imagining, though, that people might think that the sun is not the biggest star, the craziest star, and they would say at least, you know, some other star out there. And we had, we had one guy who said like a supernova um, or a neutron star or something like that. So Maybe they thought you meant what's the brightest thing we can see from Earth. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Maybe that's what they thought. And in which case, they would be mostly right. I mean, if you take away all sort of earthbound lasers that could fry your eyeballs, it's true that the the sun is the brightest thing you can see from the Earth. So good job. Uh, Jorge just got you guys all extra credit. <laughs> oh, good. Except you already marked them and uh, sneered at them, probably. I did not sneer at anybody. Thank you very much. I'm eternally grateful that UCI students are willing to answer my questions. I was just walking around today, in fact, and not a single person said no to answering my questions. So continued A++ to UCI students for being open to answering crazy questions without any warning from a stranger. Well, this is a perfect point to take a break. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years, and not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. But you do have a, a pretty interesting table here that you sent me, which gives us the brightness of things relative to the sun. Yeah, because th- the brightness of things depends on your distance, I think it's more interesting to answer the question, what is the absolute brightest thing in the universe? Not what is the brightest thing in our sky, right? Because there could be something super duper bright, but then it's really far away and it seems dim. But we're interested, like, what is that thing that's making all those photons? So I thought, let's define things in terms of their brightness relative to the sun. And then let's imagine that we're the same distance from that thing that we are from the sun. So we call that an astronomical unit. It's about 93 million miles. It's the distance between the sun and the earth. Well, I was thinking that maybe a good way to think about it is that, you know, like if you stood outside right now and it's daylight and you looked at the sun, you you would see the sun. But now if you swap the sun with something else, this is this table tells you how bright that thing would be, right? That seems like a totally practical experiment, yeah. I'm going to delete the sun and instantly transport some other crazy object there, and then I'm going to look at it. Yeah, you just swapped it out, swap out the sun for something else, and it, this would te- this table would tell you how bright that thing is. Yeah, I'm imagining you have some like app on your phone where you're like, select you know, what you'd like at the center of your solar system. And it's got like a menu or something. And you're like, hmm, let me replace our sun with a supernova and see what that feels like. Anything's possible with quantum physics, right? <laughs> That's right. Let's disrupt quantum physics with this app. So uh, so let's do the exercise. So now let's say, um, what's, um, what's something that else is bright? Like, let's say we swapped out the moon for the sun. How bright would the moon be? Well, it would be zero because the moon doesn't give off any light. Right. So the moon actually just reflects light from the from the sun. Right. Um, <clears throat> so the if you had no sun and you just put the moon there, then the whole, the whole solar system would be dark. <laughs> Zero. All right. But let's say you wanted to upgrade the sun and you're like, let's look around for a sort of a bigger star. And like one example of a bigger star is one of them. It's called Sirius A. And it's a pretty serious star. It doesn't like to make jokes. But if you took that star and you put it in place of our sun, it would be almost 30 times brighter. So wait, what is this star? It's like a nearby star or one of the brightest stars that we know about? 
It's uh, one of the brightest stars in our sky, which is what I, why I picked it. And it's bright mostly because it's it's sort of nearby. It's not uh, it's not that bright on its own, as you can tell. It's only thirty times brighter than our sun. But it's a cool star because it's part of a binary star system, which means there are two stars orbiting each other. So that's why this series A it refers to which one which one it is. If you look up in the night sky from Earth, it's one of the brightest stars in the sky. And so if you if you did the Jorge exercise and you teleported that star to the center of our solar system, then, you know, our days would be 30 times brighter. You would need SPF 1800, something like that. <laughs> yeah, it would be it'd be pretty serious. I mean, I don't even know if life could survive because the temperature would skyrocket and everything would get fried. So not something I recommend. And, you know, or you can think about it another way, like... If we replace the sun with Sirius A, then the Earth would have to be further from the sun in order to have the same temperature. Uh, it would have to be 30 times further away, sort of. Well, it'd have to be square root of 30. Uh, if you're five times further from the sun, then the brightness is 1 over 25, right? So, yeah, so you'd have to be like 5 or 5.5 AU from Sirius A to have the same amount of solar activity. And that's what we do, you know, when we find other star systems and planets around them, we ask for that star, where is the Goldilocks zone? Where's the habitable zone? The zone where a planet would have about the same amount of brightness from their star as we do from our sun. And that depends, of course, on the brightness of that star. Well, that is definitely a serious distance. (laughs) That's right. But it turns out that Sirius is not even really that impressive. There's a star in, uh, in the constellation Orion, for example, and I'm not even sure how to pronounce it. I think it's called Rigel or Rigel. Um, and this is a pretty serious star, right? And if you put this star in our solar system, it would be 33,000 times brighter than our sun. So Sirius, which was a much brighter star 30 times, is nothing compared to this one, right? This one's 33,000 times brighter than the sun. That's right. It's crazy. It's a sort of a bluish white star. And the other other interesting thing about it is that it, it the brightness varies a little bit. Like there's something going on inside this star that makes it like burn hotter sometimes or burn less, burn colder other times. It's a massive blue supergiant. And it's just spewing out photons 33,000 times more than our current sun, which is pretty bright. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's just much bigger. You know, it's one of these massive supergiants, which means it got more stuff, right? So it's denser and hotter in the middle. And it's just, this, it's a bigger fire burning. You know, like if you're having a little campfire and the guys um, one campsite over have like bought 10 times as much firewood and having a big bonfire, then yeah, there's just going to be more photons coming out of their fire than yours because they got more stuff. In the same way, this star just has more fuel. So it's burning more fuel at the same time. It's like a quantity thing. It's not like there's different you know, physics going on inside of it. It's just, uh, it's just there's more stuff burning. Yeah, exactly. It's just a bigger pile of fuel that that uh, that got set on fire. Well, thirty three thousand sounds pretty bright, brighter than the sun. It sounds pretty bright, but that's that's not even like we're not even halfway through the table, right? <laughs> that's right. Um, there's another star. It's called this one has an awesome name, Zeta Scorpii. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's a hypergiant star in the constellation Scorpius. And this one burns 200,000 times brighter than our sun. So you would need 200,000 suns just to match this one star. That's right. Exactly. That's incredible. 
to think of 200,000 of our stars, of, of our sun. That's right. Or um, if you, if Earth was orbiting this thing, then you'd have to be, you know, the square root of 200,000 times farther away. That's like 450 times as far away from this star as Earth is from the sun in order to not get fried. Does that mean that sun, that star is 200 times heavier also? Like more massive? Or is it just some sort of... No, it's actually, that, that's a fascinating question. It's actually only about 35 times more massive than the sun. What? But it, it's burning 200,000 times brighter. Yeah. And, you know, these suns also have different life cycles, right? And they burn colder or hotter or more brighter or, or dimmer at different points in their life cycle. So that could be part of it. But also when you get a, you get a star that's that much bigger, there can be different physics going on inside. But it's pretty awesome. And that's why they call it a hypergiant. Plus, it has a pretty cool name, Zeta Scorpii. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, but even that's not so impressive compared to the reigning champion of the universe. All right. Is it also a star? It is. Well, in terms of stars, right? We'll get, um, in terms of stars, this is the brightest star in the universe. But it doesn't have a very cool name. Uh, you know, the other ones, Sirius and Scorpii, those are pretty cool. This one is called, wait for it, R163A1. That's a cool name. You know, if this was like a Star Wars character, you know, you could make it work. <laughs> Wait, I think I swapped it even. I think it's R136A1. Is that still cool? Mm, yeah, no, that's him. It's not, that one's not as cool. <laughs> um, this one comes I think, in... I think their friends just call him R1. <laughs> R1, yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. Um, R1 is actually the name of the cafeteria at CERN also. Short for Restaurant One. So people are always saying, hey, I'll meet you at R1. Uh, and, and, and is the food also bright and shiny and hot? Um, yeah, I don't think the restaurant at CERN is famous for its food. Yeah, that's not the that's not the, the most impressive thing about that restaurant. I think the view is better. You can see the Mont Blanc. You can see all sorts of the Alps. Uh, it's a gorgeous place to eat lunch. But I, I hear it's pretty cool because they cook the food like where the particles collide, right? Isn't that how they <laughs> no. heat up the food? They just, they just dip it down into the ground? Yeah, they're like, hey, the meat's getting cold. Crank up the accelerator. No, but uh, back to our star R1, it's uh, 300 times as massive as the sun, but it's 8.5 million times brighter than our sun. Wait, so let me just wrap my head. You would need 300,000 of our suns just to match the size of it and the weight, but then it's 8 million. No, 300, 300 suns, not 300,000. Oh, 300 suns. 300 suns, but it burns 8.5 million times as bright. 8 million times. So you would need 8 million of our suns just to match the brightness of this one star. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's like, it boggles the mind. I mean, our sun already is super bright, right? We're, we're glad we're 90 million miles away from it and still it can burn your eyeballs, right? Just that's an incredibly bright source of light. And then to imagine something 8 million times, it can burn 8 million eyeballs you know, much more easily. It's, it's hard to get your head around that. And it's like a sustained fire, right? It's like a, it's just always burning at 8 million times brighter than the sun. Yeah, exactly. It's not like an explosion or like a supernova. It's just like it's just like a something that's just burning super bright. It just keeps going. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's illuminating space all around it. Um, one thing is it's pretty dangerous, right? Because you get too close, you're going to get fried. On the other hand, it's like making things visible. You know, if you were near that solar system, you could see all sorts of interesting stuff. The rocks and the planets and all, all the stuff around it are, are shining brightly because of that star. But you would need to be pretty far away just to just to be near it. Yeah, exactly. You couldn't get too close. 
Exactly. It's a pretty dangerous thing to visit. So any of you guys planning to visit R136A1, uh, you know, pack some protection. That's right. Bring eight, eight and a half million bottles of sunblock. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. You'd have to be like 3,000 times the distance from the Earth to the sun in order to have the same amount of solar energy. So that's the brightest star that we know about in the universe? Like that's the reigning record holder. Yeah, that's right. That's the brightest star that's been observed. Wow. And where is it? It's in a neighboring galaxy known as the Large Magellanic Cloud. So this is like a a big cluster of stuff out there. And it's 163,000 light years away. So it's in another galaxy. So it's not even in our galaxy. Yeah, no, it's not even in our galaxy. Yeah, exactly. So the Milky Way is outstripped by this other star. And, you know, this is fascinating stuff. And I think from a science point of view, you're always interested in the extremes because you're wondering, like, what is the hottest or the brightest thing? Because we're trying to understand how these stars work, right? We have, like, models for what's going on inside them. And then they make predictions. And they always go out there and then they discover something that's like twice as crazy or twice as bright as anything they understood. And it makes us tweak those models to understand what else could be happening in those stars to produce so many photons. So the extremes are really valuable um, scientifically because they show us like the boundary of what can happen. Um, And so these are just stars that we're talking about right right now, right? There are even brighter things in the universe, right? There's other kinds of things that are brighter than the brightest stars in the universe. That's right. These stars are crazy bright. You know, our sun is pretty bright. These other ones totally outstrip it. But when it comes to the record holders, so the brightest things in the universe, these things are pretty dim. All right, so let's uh, let's get into those things. But first, let's take a quick break. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusion supply. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years, and not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. All 
All right, we're talking about the brightest things in the universe, and we don't just mean like your kids, Daniel, which uh, I'm sure are very bright <laughs> and good looking, and and good looking, and they have a great dad, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to meet him someday. <laughs> oh. Uh, my kids are basically look like my wife. I mean, it's sort of funny because I have dark eyes and dark hair and my wife is Scandinavian. So she has like blue eyes and blonde hair. And interestingly, our kids both came out blonde with light colored eyes. So genetics, I don't know, explain it to me. Maybe she just cloned herself in the lab. She is a biologist. This sounds like a Game of Thrones situation there, Daniel. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're implying over there. Um, <laughs> I prefer... I'm just saying the results seem very Yes, similar. that's true. Yes, uh, it's it's been a mystery for a while. Um, anyway, but there are brighter things in the universe than even the stars and even my family or yours. So we left it at the brightest star that we know about in the entire universe, which is uh, R136 something, something, A1, uh, which was eight and a half million times brighter than our sun, which is mind-boggling, which is amazing. But there are things that are even much more brighter than that, right? That's right. And sort of counterintuitively, these are things associated with black holes, right? Black holes you think of immediately as like, oh, that's super dark. If you'd ask me what's the darkest thing in the universe, you'd say mm, black holes. But remember, black holes themselves don't give off much light or, or much radiation. They're pretty dark, but they're very powerful. They're incredibly so strong sources of gravity. And the things that have not yet fallen into the black hole, those things can give off a lot of light. Okay, so uh, the brightest things in the universe then are paradoxically black holes. Is that what you're saying? No, not even the brightest, but some of the bright, but brighter than stars. And so what happens is that you remember that black holes have these things around them, the stuff that has not yet fallen in, right? It's like, you know, the toilet is still flushing and these things are swirling around, about to go inside. And because of the incredible gravitational energy of the black hole, it's creating a lot of stress and strain on this gas and this dust. And so it ends up emitting a huge amount of radiation. We covered this in another podcast episode. It's called, these are things are called quasars. And they're so bright in the night sky that for a long time people didn't even understand what they could be because they're incredibly bright and incredibly far away. And so people did the math and they're like, what if it's that bright already and it's super far away? That means if you got close to it, it would be mind-bogglingly bright. So for a while, people didn't even believe it right, until they, they found other ways to prove that these things really were happening. Yeah, we talked about it in, in an episode. Uh, I think the episode was titled uh, Strange Stars, right? Yeah, exactly. The strangest, craziest things in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. And so we talked about quasars and blazars, which... Um, sound like they were popular in the 80s. <laughs> exactly. Shoulder pads. What is the biggest shoulder pad in the universe? That's a whole podcast episode right there. And so uh, if you're curious about how, what they are and how they work, uh, please check out that podcast. But, but I don't think in that podcast we talked about how br actually bright they are like uh, in comparison to other things. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's ridiculous. It's hard to even wrap your mind around. These things, um, these quasars, for example, one of the brightest quasars we've ever found has a sexy name of 3C273, it's 4 trillion times brighter than our sun. Like if you put that thing in the center of our solar system, we would get fried. Well, first of all, uh, who names these things? <laughs> they we're all waiting for you, man. Everybody's heard that you're good at naming things. They actually get to like 373 of these. And so this one just happened to be the number 
273? Yeah, you know, there's just so many things out there. You can't name them all. You just got to give them numbers. Um, but, you know, sometimes one of them gets special and then it gets a name. And I don't even know how that works. But uh, this one should deserve a name. I mean, it's the brightest quasar in the universe, right? Give it a name like Thor or something. Like Daniel's kids. <laughs> That's right. I'd like to. I'd like to nominate. I'd like to name this quasar after my own kids. I'm sure that would fly. No, no, not after your kid. Just Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel son. That sounds like a reference to Karate Kid. Um, but this thing is. I mean, four trillion times brighter than our sun is hard to understand. Remember, there's like a hundred or two hundred billion stars in the Milky Way, right? Which means that this thing is brighter than all the stars in the Milky Way by like a factor of a hundred. And just to be clear, four trillion means 4,000 billion, right? That's right. That's right. Or four million million. Not just a million times brighter than our sun, but like four million and then a million times over again. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, at this point, it's basically infinity. I mean, in my head, I can't understand the difference between trillions and quadrillions and whatever. It's just all big number. It's just right? insanity. It's just crazy. <laughs> it's, it's insanity. Yeah. It's intensity in 10 cities, man. And so that's a quasar, right? It's giving off a huge amount of radiation, super bright. It's not a star, but it is in the same sense, sort of in a similar category, because it's a huge amount of gas that's being compressed and generating radiation, but it's not technically a star. But then remember that some of these quasars, some of these quasars, we call them blazars because they also emit a beam, right? And the beam is sort of perpendicular to the plane of the galaxy. Remember, a lot of these galaxies are sort of flat. They're swirling disks and the black holes at the center of it. And blazars are galaxies that emit these huge jets of radiation sort of perpendicular to the flat plane of the galaxy out from the center. Right. And so it's you're saying it's um, they're energy in their light is sort of focused, it's concentrated. It's not just uh, like a light bulb shining in all directions. Some of these things sort of focus their um, light in a particular kind of beam. Yeah, exactly. It's collimated. And we don't really even understand the physics of that. Like, how do you take all this radiation and bend it into one direction? People think it's maybe crazy magnetic fields. But, you know, there's a huge amount of stuff we don't understand about what's going on in the center of galaxies. But sometimes one of these beams happens to be pointed right at us, you know, just by chance. I mean, there's a lot of galaxies and a lot of quasars, and they're pointing in a lot of different directions. And so one of these blazars is going to be shining right at us. And because of some relativistic physics, when it's shining right at you, the intensity is even higher. And so um, you can look for um, which blazar is the brightest from our point of view, right, being pointed at us. And so there's a blazar, its name is 3C454.3, right? <laughs> what a sexy name. And um, what, what is the point three? I don't know what the point three comes like from. Like the third, you know, like... <laughs> This is the grandson, grandson of the real grandpappy blazer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I cannot give any accounting for how they, na they name these things. Um, but this thing, this monster is 300 trillion times brighter than our sun. You would need 300 trillion pairs of sunglasses just not so that you don't burn your eye out. That's right. You could get 300 trillion sunburns in one day. <laughs> in one millisecond, probably. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're glad that these things are pretty far away because they're ridiculously bright. I mean, the intensity of light is just incredible. You know, and so there's, there's stuff going out there in the universe which is insane, you know, which would fry us and destroy us. Also, you know, it, it makes me think about like our energy problems. Like we're trying to squeeze a little bit out of energy out of like liquid stored underground. But the amount of energy that's out there in the universe is just being like, you know, 
shot out into space and wasted is incredible. Um, you know, the scale of our problems are really tiny in comparison to the stuff that's happening out there. And so that's that's the king in terms of constant brightness. Like that blazer is going and it's not going to stop anytime soon. It's just pumping out photons constantly at a, at a rate that makes our sun look pathetic. Now, is that still brighter than pointing a laser pointer at my eye? Or <laughs> That's my... still pretty bright, yeah. I mean, it'd be hard to get a laser pointer that's 300 trillion times as bright as the sun. So that would be the brightest, constantly shining thing in the universe, you're saying. That's right. But sometimes there's a crazy event in the universe, and even that gets outshone by something else. So, you know, sometimes stars go supernova, right? This is when they reach the end of their life, and they decided it's not worth it anymore. You know, I'm done. I want to check out. And they have this massive explosion where they basically use most of the rest of their fuel in a very brief moment. And they can outshine entire galaxies. They can outshine sets of galaxies. They can even outshine blazars. And so there's one, and then they emit these huge things they call gamma ray bursts. We had a whole podcast episode about them. There's these brief pulses of gamma rays. Remember, gamma rays are just light, right? Just very high energy light. And so, and so we keep track of these gamma rays and these gamma ray bursts. And one of them came by, and this is gamma ray burst 080319B. Right, not to be confused with one nine A. It's much dimmer cousin or C or C, right? Which was pathetic as a as a sequel. But this one is the brightest sort of emission we've ever seen ever in the universe, and this one is twenty two quadrillion times brighter than our sun. Wow, that sounds like a lot. How much is how much is a quadrillion? How much is a quadrillion? He says as he types that into Google. This is like ten thousand times brighter than the brightest blazar in the universe, kind of. Something, something along that magnitude, right? Exactly. But the key is that it didn't last very long, right? It's a, it's a very short burst. You know, we're talking about things that last seconds. So it's a pretty dramatic way to go out. You know, it's some nice fireworks. And for a few moments, you outshine the otherwise brightest thing in the universe by a huge factor, right? So you, that's really like your, your moment of fame in the universe. But then it fades. Right. So, you know, if you want the brightest thing ever is a gamma ray burst. If you want something consistency, you know, that's going to win the marathon rather than the sprint, then uh, then you want to go for blazars. I guess it depends on what you mean by brightest, right? It could be, it depends on the time scale. Yeah. It's an integrated brightness or momentary brightness, right? Or who can shine the brightest thing into Jorge's eyeball, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's not give our listeners any suggestions here. How many um, laser pointers can we shine into an eyeball at the same time? There's a whole podcast episode. I'm sure, yeah. Let's send it to Bill Nye. <laughs> he knows the answer to every question. So why is it called GRB? Is it just some sort of physics? GRB stands for gamma ray burst. Oh, I see. Or it could be green, red, blue. Is that what you were thinking? No, I was I was confused for a second. I thought it was like RGB. No, uh, uh, RBG. No, wait. <laughs> That's the Supreme Court justice. Yeah. Maybe you're thinking right. about... It's like, what? Ruth Bader Ginsburg is the brightest <laughs> thing in the universe? <laughs> She may be the brightest thing on the Supreme Court. Yeah, she, she is actually. She's a, she's a star for sure. All right, so that was a tour of brightness in the universe, the brightest things in the entire universe. We went from zero brightness, which is a black hole, to the brightest things 
that we know about as human beings, right? That's right. And so next time you're out there camping and you're looking up at the night sky, remember that there is crazy stuff out there that's pumping out photons at levels we could hardly imagine. Most of it seems dim because it's far away or because you can't see it because your neighbor's porch light. But if you got too close, it would definitely fry you. But you know what to say? It's better to uh, light one blazer than to curse the darkness. <laughs> is that right? Who says that? You? <laughs> I think it's my grandmother. <laughs> Your grandmother has a lot of funny sayings. I'd like to meet this lady. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. I hope you found that discussion illuminating and shiny. I hope we turned a light on in your mind. Uh, but didn't fry, fry your eyeballs with it or your ears. But uh, thank you for listening. And um, we'll see you next time. Tune in next time. Thanks very much. And don't forget, if you have a question about what we said or you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like to hear us break down, please send it to us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge, that's one word, or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. Thanks for listening, and remember that Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. So should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.